Team Sparta and, and Prague. The Prague Spartans? Prague Spart Team Sparta out of Prague. They're a hockey team. Got that at the yeah, Czech Hockey it? Hall of Fame. That is uh, our cue to start the show. I think so we're live. Well, well, I think we're live now. So welcome, everybody. Uh it's Wednesday night here on Live Long and Podcast, and that means we're talking about Star Trek, the original series, as we continue our Ted Trek podcast series. I'm Dave Mater, coming at you with Star Trek TV and movie reviews here on Live Long and Podcast. We got our great crew here together to talk about another episode of the original series, which is Obsession, which is the uh, 18th episode from the second season. So we're going to break that all down. Uh, I'm going to introduce our panelists. Um, so we'll start with uh, my dad, Ted Mater, uh, as the, the namesake of the Ted Trek series. Dad, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, not on camera at the moment, but uh, also joining us is, uh, there he is, uh, my brother Jeff Mater. Hey, Jeff. There he is. <laughs> he's here. He's here. He's part of this discussion as well. We're gonna have five of us on tonight in this in this roundtable, and then uh, we also have esteemed panelists. We have Jody Simpson. Hey, Jody. I've never been called esteemed before. That's good. I called you esteemed. Uh, <laughs> I know you have. I'm just kidding. Uh, and then uh, and also uh, equally esteemed uh, panelist Adam Woodward. How are you doing? Thank man? you. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. That's good. Okay, so we're going to break this all down, everybody, uh, and we're probably going to have a bit of a rotation here as we go through um, the different, you know, people kind of weighing in with the different responses. So let's 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 go to my dad first uh, and talk to him because you know he picked this episode. So, Dad, obsession. Let's talk a bit about this one. Yeah. So, um, are you a thumbs up or a thumbs down on this episode? Oh, yeah. There's got to be a thumbs up on this one. Okay. You were a fan of this one. Okay. And what was your favorite part of this episode? Well, uh, I guess I, I don't know if I had a favorite part, but it was, uh, it was quite, the, uh, quite, quite the chase and quite the, um, the finale to this. Yes. Yes, it was. But it was a good, it was a good episode. Okay. Great. Um, let's. Uh, I don't know who to go to next. Let's go to Jeff next. Jeff. Yo. Obsession. Are you obsessed mm -hmm. with this episode? No. Uh, I thought it was a good episode, though. I thought it was um, kind of like a good, like kind of did this in TNG too with Riker, where they had, you know, was, uh, a Starfleet officer when they were younger had this like tragic thing they can never get over, and um, you know, so they always had it in the back of their mind or that secret in their mind, and they have to. Uh, fulfill that vengeance uh so to speak and i think that's what's kind of driving kirk in this episode he's kind of like you know thinking about 11 years ago and there who's the guy that the ensign that he kind of like i was like i couldn't believe the guy was in the episode as much as he was and then i realized why at the end of the episode it was because it related to kirk. garavik ensign yeah. garavik garavik i think yeah. garavik yeah i think he was supposed Young to be garavik. our our a view to Kirk 11 years ago. Like that's what he was like after this happened. And um, what do you guys think of the smells? The honey it smells like honey. Yeah. I, I have a lot of questions about the smells uh, as well. Is there a static or something? It sounds like water running. It sounds like yeah, someone's in the kitchen. Is there a cop running dad? No. Okay. Not here. Hmm. My fans on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's that. How do I turn my fan off? No, don't do that. You mean on a laptop? No. All right. Don't. Yeah. Uh, let's no, get, let's no. get let's get around to the other panelists though, as we're as we're breaking down this episode. So let's move over to Jody next. Jody, obsession. Are you obsessed with this yeah, episode? Yeah. Absolutely not. I do not know why people like this episode. I I it's this is literally just the white whale being chased thing. It's. <laughs> It's it's so overdone. Um, I I I don't even I can't even begin to understand how frustrating I am at this episode. Like this is just not Kirk. Like Kirk is supposed to be like looking out for everybody, and he's just a total dick in this episode. And like the guy's an ass the entire time. And like even his like even his shipmates are like you're being kind of an ass. And he's just like whatever. I'm gonna get my cloud thing. Like. Fuck those people in their vaccines. They don't need them. <laughs> it's like, 
I just it's it's I don't I don't I don't get the love for this episode, and it it, it is a universally loved episode. Like I, I actually looked it up because I'm like, is this actually supposed to be a shitty episode? People like it. So I just uh, I I didn't I thought it was completely out of character for Kirk and it just um you know I can understand if he was chasing tail or something like if he was chasing a girl around somewhere I could get that but you know well that's just personal it was personal uh, it might have been personal but you know he usually puts yeah, you know the needs of the many right you know so let's, let's get over to Adam because Adam I'd like to hear your takes on this episode you haven't had a chance to kind of weigh in yet so uh, let's, let's Jody and I didn't talk ahead of time. Um, but I totally agree with you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, the, <laughs> I found this episode um, just just not. I, I was waiting for Kirk to come out of his stupor or something. He was possessed. By yeah, like, me too. Yeah, it, like it just wasn't him. It wasn't anything that that Starfleet goes for. Um, I, I also found it kind of boring. It was a very long episode for me. Um, anyway, we'll talk more in detail as we move through the episode. But I, I'm with you, Jody, on this one. Yeah. And yeah, if this if I didn't I've never seen this episode before. I don't remember it. And if this was a top t- ten or whatever, I don't get it. I don't think it's yeah. a top ten, but it's it's still liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just gonna give you kind of a high level thought here that yeah that um before we kind of break this all down, but I don't think I agree with you in the sense that I don't think Kirk comes across in this episode particularly strongly in terms of a captain or as a leader. Um, but I think that, um, it's interesting in, it provides a backstory for Kirk, um, you know, in terms of where he's been in his career, you know, I'm just going to take Jeff off while he's in and out of the room. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking that I'm like, literally, he's just jumping back and forth. (laughs) I don't know where he's going or what he's doing, but let's get um, Ted back. (laughs) Yeah. So, hey dad. Um, yeah, so let's, but the thing with the, the thing also that this episode made me think of was the whole JJ Abrams and the whole reboot and like the Chris Pine Kirk. Very that, much so. Yeah. Because that version of Kirk doesn't have this backstory. That, that Kirk beca- basically goes from cadet to captain. Whereas yeah. this Kirk, the original Kirk that we know, is, um, you know, he had, he was a lieutenant on the Farragut and, he, his mentor, Ger- Captain Garavik, was killed by this smoke vampire thing, uh, and and I think that's an interesting dynamic. It, you know, he talks about how Captain Garavik kind of shaped who he is as an officer, how he is as captain, how he is now that role to Garavik's son. You know, here and trying to sort of teach him the ropes. So, like, I think it's a good episode for those points, but I think he makes all the wrong decisions, but I think that this was originally conceived as space Moby Dick. Um, yeah, exactly. The chasing the white whale. Yeah. <clears throat> but we've done that before too. Oh, even in the series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Kirk, did Kirk already have his white? No, whale? not with Kirk. With not uh, Kirk. The Commodore uh, Decker, I think. Yes. Right. Commodore Decker with the doomsday machine, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And so this is his, ver- oh, and we'll, it will go up a card with the Borg and, Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. There will be no. There, this will come up again in Star Trek. Yeah, uh, right. right. This sort of like this thing you want to get revenge on for hurting you, or whatever. Um, yeah, but let's 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 just start breaking down the episode as it starts. So it starts with the captain, Spock, and a few security officers right on the down on the planet, and it kind of just goes right into it where he's like, "Do you smell that?" And it comes down to the smell which jeff was speaking to before so jeff you were talking about the smell and they reference it a few times but my question here is maybe anybody can answer this but it's a sweet a sickly sweet smell that this creature the smoke vampire makes right because we'll learn it will suck all the hemoglobin out of your body um does anything ever get sweet enough that it makes you sick? I kept thinking, okay, my, every time this kept coming up, I thought back to when I used to cut lawns. This one time, there was a, I think it was a dead raccoon was in the backyard of this like house on the lake, <laughs> and it literally was rotting there for like at least a week. And the smell of the blood was like a sickly sweet smell, like 
really bad, but also kind of like like sweet. And uh, that's uh, that's what You're I cutting can, like, candy sweet. Like yeah, like kind of like yeah, like overly like I don't know. It's a it's a peculiar smell. Um, but that's kind of what that's what I kept. I they kept saying honey, but like that's what my mind kept coming to to that for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but yeah. But just in terms of like, okay, the smell will come referenced many times. Did did anybody else like? I guess that's just how they he knows. But he's like, I that encounter with the Farragut wasn't on this planet. It was on some other planet far away. I don't I don't know if I ever got a good answer as to why this creature was here now. Hello, <laughs> uh, he smells something. He's sweet. Something sickly, sickly sweet. <laughs> sweet. So you might want to go the other way. Um, what was that episode with a cat in it? There's good cats. Oh, yeah, cat spa. Uh, cat spa. Yeah. Meow. Right. But so basically, um, Kirk sends off his security detachment to detect what he is pretty sure. He almost knows right away what this is because what else could it be? Right. And so, Dad, uh, do you think that uh, Captain Kirk was reckless to send those three security guards off as he did? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he was. Uh, and, and uh, you know, he didn't really know what it was, but he had an idea what it might have been. He was pretty he sure was he like, being right. He did tell them to he shoot. Was thinking, he, he did tell them to shoot at the smoke. He's like, if you see the smoke, yeah. shoot at it. Right? Yeah. And then they didn't do that. Uh, at least the one guy didn't. But they proved that that wouldn't have mattered, right? Because the hand phasers wouldn't have had an effect on it? Right. So he got those guys killed, effectively. And I don't know what the full body count is in this episode, um, but it's a... like How many deaths does Kirk... How many of his crew die before he's able to defeat this thing? Which... and. Are they un- even 100% that they defeated this thing? Well, Rizzo died. And then yeah. the <laughs> other unnamed up. guy died. Well, they, they blew it up. Yeah, with Andy blew it up And it took Spock three minutes to make energize Kirk and the other guy. Right. And, and we well, all- it, wasn't, it wasn't Spock. He, was, he took over after. You can, here you can see a photo of what this... So this thing, what it does is... Um, as the security guards are looking around, they're they're always not looking at the smoke. It's always right behind them. But it sucks all their blood out. It looks like they're choking, and they end up like this, like sort of. You no, know, it sucks the red the red blood cells out, Dave. Right. I think they said iron. That's why Spock like that. at the end couldn't. Spock doesn't. No, have Spock that. couldn't get the red blood cells sucked out because he didn't have red blood. The hemoglobin. So, with that in mind, Dad, yeah, my question for you is: Are the Vulcans would a, an all Vulcan crew be much more equipped to deal with this problem? Yes. Yes. Been, yes. Yeah. They should, they should have called there would have a, been no deaths. A Vulcan no science vessel. So, they should, yeah, they should have called a Vulcan science vessel right away. And the, you know, once they or figured even that a Vulcan out. Starfleet vessel, because there are all Starfleet crews uh, that are like Vulcan, all Vulcan Starfleet crews. So, uh, okay. So just just taking him off. So as we move through the episode, yeah, he gets those guys killed, um, and. But this is also at the time where the ship, you, the Enterprise has to go meet the Yorktown because they have a rendezvous to hand off vaccines, right? That's what this was. So there's kind of like he's getting resistance from McCoy and 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 Spock right away because A, he has no proof of what's going on. Kirk has no proof of like that he's saying that this is the same monster. They have another mission they need to get to and they just kind of want to like, can we deal with this later? But Kirk is obsessed. And continue, uh, hence the title of the episode. Um, and it just happens to be that the ens- like the one of the ensigns that's promoted because all of these security guards are killed, is the son of the captain who he served with and who died originally when they encountered this smoke monster. Is that a coincidence, Jody? Uh, I yes, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> It's a complete coincidence. <laughs> it's it's Star Trek uh, convenience is is really where we're at again. Um, I don't know. I, I, the 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 thing about this episode is like I if you have to sum it up in one word, it's reckless. Like the entire episode is just reckless. Bones is telling him he's an idiot. 
Spock's telling him he's an idiot, and he just keeps doing it. It is so stupid. I don't get it. This is totally out of character. I don't. I don't get why we did this. Well, he was. He was looking for revenge to get that guy. This is uh, well. I think. I, I think uh, probably Dave, you probably summed it up best. It's Moby Dick in space, right? Like that's really what it is. You know, it's uh, there. He's you know, and actually we had a reference to this in what first contact with uh, Picard and the Borg. Well, yeah, like you know, yeah, Lily says the same thing, right? Like, but you know. the, the difference is there though is with that episode. I mean that that movie. Like in this case, you've got a planet full of people waiting for supplies. This is not just the Enterprise. That's right. Uh, you know, there's there's much more going on here, um, and why he couldn't see, and then he, even the the security officers, man, he just keeps sending them in. You know, yep, yep. it's just send more, send more. You know, he doesn't care it, about red shirts. Well, well, you know what? That's true. I last when I was watching this episode last night, I I, I thought, man, he like, he has no compassion for his own his own guys here. I don't see like, they just they didn't even look down when they're dying, like you yeah. know. Well, yeah, I, I need to I need to just come back with uh, a question for you, Adam, because is is this episode maybe more than other episodes responsible for the trope of the red shirts being sort of the expendable guys? You know, there were many there's been many episodes where red shirts uh, get killed and other color shirts. Uh, not it's not they're not just the red shirts, but they they die at a much higher rate because they're security guards and and they're, they're they tend to be on the front line of a battle but yeah so you, you think yes that this could be I, I agree where... with that. you know what a couple of things bother me about the in his leadership you know if we want to type kirk's leadership in this episode is so there's there's spock and there's um uh, kirk and then you have three security guards at the beginning right in the opening scene yeah so you know, he doesn't address all of them. He address addresses one, and, you know, and then he barely gives them a glance and sends them into, you know, don't shoot, shoot the cloud, which doesn't make sense to me. And uh, and then they're dead. And again, doesn't even look down. If you go back and watch that scene again, it's interesting because he doesn't really even give them the time of day. He's got two officers or two, whatever they are, security guards dead and nothing is spent on them, no time. And then, of course, he does get the guy who's, who's still alive, you know, evacuated the ship. But it, it really showed how uh, expendable they are in, to well, me. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I haven't touched on this particular uh, scene yet, but I want to talk about the guy he wakes up from, like the guy, the one guy who kind of survives. Um, here he is, Rizzo is his name. Rizzo, yeah. Right. And so just to bring him in here for just a moment. So this guy who is the only survivor of this um, of this first encounter with the cloud monster, like I get the impression that him waking up here like he was in an immense amount of pain and suffering. And the answers that Kirk gets out of him, I don't think are even that helpful. They, they kind of confirm what he already suspects or what he kind of already knows. So, Dad, did he need to wake Rizzo up for this story? Uh, in his mind, he did. I guess uh, you know he's trying to, you know, get as much information as he could. Um, it's funny that you know it's, um, you know, he, he's almost like uh, this whole episode. He's trying to uh, make up for his mistake eleven years ago, and uh, he's. Uh, he, he didn't realize that if he had fired 11 years ago, it wouldn't have mattered. But he must have carried that guilt with him all that time. And well, they realized and so that at the end of the trying, episode. Yeah, you don't know it now. Yeah. So he, he's got that guilt in it, in it, in him that he's trying to get this monster. And you know, he's 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 uh he's stopping at all. You know, he's looking under every rock to try and get more information to attack this thing. Well, comment here says the expendable. You know, I, I, I see where he's coming from. I see where he's coming from. Yeah, the red shirts better just you know they they better be sick that day when they have the away mission, or they they might not be coming back. So, um, like even this scene though, Dave, and sorry to interrupt, but even the scene here that you're you're referencing, yeah. there's no compassion in Kirk at all. Like he's literally just wants the answer, and that's it. Like he's not he's not concerned about this guy. You can tell he's not concerned, and it's just like. It, everything about this episode just screams not Kirk. 
Like while I'm watching this episode, and I'm I'm I don't remember this episode, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it because I remember some of the things that happened in it. But you know, I I'm watching it and I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is an episode where like at the end we find out it's not the real Kirk. You know, something like that. Yeah. Like, that would make more sense. And then it's like, no, literally at the end, he's like, oh, yeah, well, the phaser wouldn't have mattered. And that would be the end of it. Right. Like, and then literally it's like, let's go off into space now. It's like, but like yeah. everybody, even on the bridge, is frustrated with them. Like, you can tell, like, Chekhov's like, why do you keep giving me fucking dirty looks, Kirk? You know, like that kind of thing. And it's like, you know, and then, the, you know, Scotty's like, you know, we're about to burst here, Captain. Like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, warp six. It's like, <laughs> okay, what? Question, question, question to Adam. Can we forgive some of uh, Kirk's transgressions here as being sort of chalked up to post-traumatic stress from the incident on the Farragut? Look, if there had been any indication of that in prior episodes or seasons, like, he's cool. Like, Kirk doesn't, he doesn't get, wait, he isn't, uh, he's unflappable, you know? You know, I, I just found... You know the fact that that wherever they needed to go with the uh, with the uh, antidotes or or the vaccines or whatever they were going with that was more bigger priority than this. And they could have come back, like, like go do that and come back. Drop it off. And come back. Question. You know why is the Yorktown can't go? Like I, I couldn't understand that one either. But um, I guess it can only go so far. But I, I just <clears throat> you know. It, it wasn't Kirk. It wasn't, you know, I, I think we would approach, appreciate it more if somebody else on the crew had that, that, um, uh, that vengeance, you know, and maybe disabled the, the, the ship so it couldn't leave or something like that. But that wouldn't have been allowed because Kirk gets every story when it comes to Star Trek. <laughs> he was really in this episode. Like that. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, fair enough. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, Kirk's never shown, like, a per as a person who carries the baggage of the past. And I, while I say I like this episode in that it gives Kirk a bit, as a character, uh, and as an officer, more depth because I get, I get a better sense of who he was before he was Captain Kirk, when he was Lieutenant Kirk. Um, and, and even, Cadet Kirk, I guess, because he says he was kind of serving with Garrick and the Farragut right after out of the academy, versus like this Chris Pine Kirk, who is this other version of Kirk, who is a younger one, but didn't have the same life. So uh, as this one, um, and how different they are, right? Like just in terms of how they're dealing with that trauma. Okay, so let's. What else? Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just reading something about the Yorktown. So I was trying to see what kind of ship it was because maybe it just couldn't, you know, maybe it's a science vessel and it doesn't have a lot of, a lot of guts to it. They never actually said what class it was or anything. Um, and while we're just on the subject, would it be, uh, okay, Adam, I know you're a fan of the new shows, whereas maybe the other guys are not. So you're familiar with Star Trek Discovery. You're familiar with the new show, Strange New Worlds, which is going to be exploring the Pike years as captain of the Enterprise, uh, along with Spock and, and number one. And so my question is, would you like to see them cross over with the Farragut, see a younger Lieutenant Kirk? Wow, that would be uh, awesome. So that, awesome. that's something you would like to see. Okay. Listen, I, I'm, I'm very happy with... The new the new movies and and certainly new series and if they you can rewrite anything if you go back it's just this was a very unkirk like and that's what sort of you know made me kind of upset with the episode yeah you had a bad day you had a you had a bad day no, you, maybe this episode is in the Calvin Tyler you have bad days people do have bad days but you can't when you're captain it make more sense <laughs> if this was in the Calvin no, timeline because right. the the Kirk from the Calvin timeline is he, he's much more stuck up he's much more of a an ass and but he's younger too yeah and you kind of have to kind of give him a little bit of that right he's not as aged i guess but um you know it's it's it, everything about this just it, it's it's got such a sour taste i don't know i just don't get it right okay so just uh after they get ensign garovic involved in this story um you know which is just bringing up more trauma from the past for kirk it's just adding fuel to the fire he takes uh ensign garovic and a couple other guys swenson and bardoli down and basically um and they they the security team runs into the cloud almost right away 
and Yerovic hesitates, much like Kirk did 11 years earlier. And by the time he shoots, the, clue, the cloud's moving fast, and his two crewmen are, are attacked, and one of them dies. So now there's another casualty. So there's at least three people dead uh, at this point. And then they come back to the ship, and this is where uh, Captain Kirk comes hard down on Garovic for not firing, for hesitating to fire. Dad, we learned that it didn't matter if he had fired or not, right? That's right. But what what is that? Are they still negligent, both Kirk and Garovic, even though they it didn't matter? Are they off the hook just because it worked out? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It wouldn't have mattered. Right. You can't hold a guy down. Uh, you know, it's it, it's like spitballs against a battleship. You know. I wonder how many people died because he couldn't get that those no. drugs to them quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> now that we'll never know. He's like space Trump. Yeah, because my feel my feeling on it was that Kirk and and Garavik, they're both like, even though it worked out and it didn't. It, yes, it didn't matter, but that didn't mean that they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Uh, or act how they should have, how their training had taught them to act, but whatever. Um, so anyway, he gives Garovic, he relieves him of duty because he, it's basically because he's got his own demons. And this is where, you know, Kirk continues his campaign of becoming the most unlikable captain on the ship uh, or in the history of Starfleet. So he, he, yeah, we talked about how he, 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 he dresses down Scotty, says, stop conspiring against me. And he tells Chekhov to do his job better. And Spock at this, and Spock is in McCoy, who he usually will listen to. He's not listening to them at all. So it continues this trend where, like, is, you know, how out of character is he to what Jody was saying? But they, I think, yeah, it's like this post traumatic stress and this trauma from his past he can't get over. Um, What else is there? Uh, okay, so in the next act, it's we got uh, McCoy and Spock talking about this. Oh, which uh, is one of the best quotes in the whole in the whole show. Which is uh, actually, I have it. Hold on. Um, so when Spock and McCoy is uh, working away, and Spock comes in and he goes, "I need your advice," and then McCoy goes, "Then I need a drink." <laughs> like that. That's 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 brilliant writing. I forgot great. about that. That yeah, is brilliant okay. writing, for sure. Uh, there's actually a decent amount of good quotes in this in this show, uh, which we might uh, we might end up uh, talking about later with uh, fun facts with uh, Jeff. But the um, you know it's the 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 whole the whole like them looking into the fact that he's being insubordinate like should have been way where the story went. Like they should have said, okay, you know what? We are going to confine him to fucking quarters. He's acting like a jackass. You know, Spock takes over, he deals with it, right? That's how it should have went, I think. And then, you know, you have the whole him suffering and, you know, in silence kind of thing for a little while and post-traumatic and stuff like that. But it's, you know, I it, 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 I, I can't say anything more. It, 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 it's not him. It, it's not Kirk. I think it's an imposter. I think, I think it just got written out. <laughs> I don't. I disagree. I think it's Kirk... Um, just his ego has just gone to the to the complete tenth. Like he's like bursting through the seam here, and I, I think because he's obsessed with this, he nothing's gonna get in his way, and not medical supplies, not his crew, not, not he's, a dead he's, crew, not a dead, dead crew. But this is a guy who really values his well, at least his bridge crew. Anyway, like he's always praising them, and you know I have the best blah 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 of this and this and that. And yet he's acting this way. Like it doesn't make any sense. And that's the thing that bothers me about it. And I don't know how Adam feels about that, but you know, it's, it's essentially the same. It, it's, it's, it's just the reoccurring thing over and over and over again. He's an ass. Somebody calls him on it. He's still an ass. Someone calls him on it. He's still an ass. Someone calls him on it. You know, I can you know, relate to a degree, but one of the people are, that I really did enjoy in this episode was Nurse Chapel. I thought she was she had some good yeah. lines in there too. She was good. She was in oh, the, the the scene yeah. where she brings the uh, she brings the prescription from uh, McCoy. Yeah. yeah, he's like it just says one word: eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and if well, you, you don't want eat, him to haul your ass down to sick bay, or she you know, brings have a real bedtime. Derevic his dinner. 
um because he's feeling sad about what happened on the planet what is what is that what nurse chapel's job is to bring people dinner oh she's yes. nurse chapel i remember she brought spock soup once too but the best part was the best part was when he threw the cover of the uh food and it hit the ventilation now i don't know why a spaceship would need ventilation because that's a self-contained unit ventilation to what were they, were they letting their air go out into space well, they got a you they know, got a they got a scrub for CO two and their engines. And their why engines. was their uh, access to, uh, by hitting a button there to ventilate the whole? I don't know. Just kind of. Yeah, funny. it seems a little odd. I, it's probably for when you're smoking weed, and you got to like hit the button so that way it vents <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, so that way Kirk doesn't show up and he's like, "Why are you smoking weed?" Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Probably gets but, back to the whole space hippies. But thing. when Spock when Spock was in there with that with the with the monster when Spock was in the room by himself. I was, I was, I thought he was doing a Vulcan mind meld with the monster. Me Didn't. too. I actually saw that, and I'm like, can he actually do that? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, he he Vulcan mind meld it with a, that rock. That's true. Yeah, he can do with it with a rock. He can do it with a rock smoke monster. Yeah, it's not, it's not to be, but, but okay, but this leads to the chase of um the ship because the smoke monster attacks garavik uh spock very heroically throws him out and says no and and spock doesn't even know that he's immune right he's that's just that was a brave not at that point no he doesn't know that but but that that's an officer taking care of his men that's right yeah exactly what kirk should have done yeah right but i will say it does it, it does bring up another really, really good quote which is i can't remember exactly what it was but when they open the door and spock uh, spock comes out and he goes you know don't take this too personal uh, kirk's saying this don't take it too personal but why aren't you dead <laughs> it's like that's, that's a good line i like that one yeah that was a good one uh, right what dad what did you think of like so after the smoke monster makes this attempt then they they chase the thing through space for a while, he fires photon yeah. torpedoes at it, but then he eventually, finally gives up, um, and decides he's going to go deliver the medical supplies to the planet. Like, I don't know. I was feeling conflicted at this point. I was like, I guess you should take this thing on. I think it's a, it's maybe it's it's a bigger problem. It's not confined clearly to one planet. So maybe is there well, any? Well, he th- he shot the sp- the the, the laser phasers and the photon torpedo, and then and then the the thing. Came at the ship and and went in the ventilator that the the, the, the Is that the order of events? It went from the planet and then went into yeah. the ship. Okay, then attacked yeah. him while he so well the chase. Then, then he attacked it and then it came in the ventilator. That's no, how it got yeah, into the they ship. chased it and then it went in and then they chased it again back to the home planet. Yeah, yeah, right. And then there, yeah. And then well, they, it, they after it met up with Spock and it got a taste of that green blood, it went. It, it left the ship. They soured. They soured the and sauce. Took off. <laughs> right. Yeah, and took off back to home. Reminds me of that episode of uh, Next Gen where they they sour the power thing so the thing will stop sucking on the damn ship. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the episode, but kind of remember. Reminds me of that a bit. Leah Brahms. Good episode. Leah Brahms. Right. So they've um, they find the cloud. Uh, well, okay. There's this whole scene where after he says, "Oh, they didn't like my green blood," and then Kirk kind of forgives Ensign Garavik because he goes, "It wouldn't have mattered if you had fired or not." Um, so because it didn't matter, you're off. You're not going to be in trouble anymore. Um, and so yeah. this there's this ongoing thing where Kirk is like, he's convinced this thing is super intelligent. Right, and eventually Spock comes around to the fact that this thing's intelligent and maybe is worth, I guess, taking out as well. Is that what Jody did you think? Like that Spock kind of comes around on the threat. I didn't get that impression. I I get the threat. I got the impression that Spock obviously classifies it as a threat, Um, but I didn't get the impression that it was all that intelligent. He he does say know, that. Maybe I missed something. Did, did he, he say that? Okay. Yeah, he says that if it, it's intelligent because it knew to come in the ship and then leave, that's something an intelligent being would do. He also ends up saying that uh, it will replicate into the thousands, and then it will be like an unstoppable force. So he definitely does come around on the threat. Yeah. To my de- to my defense, I I did fall asleep a little bit uh, while I was watching <laughs> this episode, so it, I I could have missed something for sure. 
Well, that's why I'm here, Jody. You know what, Jeff? You're always there to have my back. I'm great. I'm the wind beneath your wings. You certainly are, sir. Mm -hmm. So, Jeff, uh, what, did you think, what did you think of what? this plan to take out the creature with antimatter? Um, I thought it was... Uh, this whole episode feels like a movie. It feels like, like, like a script of a movie that they could have shot in the 90s and it would have worked, you know, because like the the movie, like like uh, the whole scene where, yeah, like they blow it up with the antimatter and then they beam out just in time. Such a movie trope, really. Uh, they do it in the reboots where a check comes like, oh my God, I can do it. You know, like <laughs> they, 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 they have a impression. Oh my God. Yeah, oh my God. Tan Yelchin, uh, yeah. R.I.P. Um, mm -hmm. Bringing him up. But uh, yeah, so for me like this the it feels a lot like nemesis and like just listen to this quote does this not sound like kirk and he piled upon the whale's white hump the sum of all the rage and hate felt by his whole race if his chest had been a cannon he would have shot his heart upon it moby dick moby dick jean-luc picard rather khan rather khan too deep for me too deep for me that's like not that. up on the classics <laughs> So. No, it, trust me, it's a shitty read. I wouldn't even bother. Well, it's all yeah. about revenge and being obsessed and not being, not knowing when to stop. It's just You're as boring your, as this episode with your obsession. Okay, but like, let's go over to Adam because this. Okay, they have this plan. They're going to destroy the creature with antimatter. So it's Kirk and Garovic who go down to the planet, and they got the antimatter thing, and they say it's less than an ounce of antimatter, but it has the power of many nuclear bombs. Right, which is. Uh, that's fine but the question is more <laughs> like you said that it's fine i guess it's fine it's it's i have problems with this but i'm not going to explain it no 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 it's not i don't have any problems with it really it's oh, okay. more it's okay. more the, the how their 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 execution of this plan and how kirk acts through it well, i can't a follow three second plan right what his idea was here at any given stage maybe you can help me unpack it so he Shows up with Garrett. So he tells he once the, the monster shows up because it goes for the bait. The blade, the bait is just a, 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 like a bottle of blood, I think, right? Or something. And so yeah. he goes, Oh, the monster ate the blood. Now what are we gonna do? And Kirk's like, No, I'm gonna be the bait. And then Ensign Garrett yeah. says, No, don't do that. Um, and so the question, I guess, is was Kirk going to sacrifice himself? Because he did, tells Garavik to get back to the ship, did, but well, they have that, that little tussle, right? Did that scene not remind you of the end of the movie Armageddon, where it's yes. like Harry and Ben Affleck and they're fighting each other and who's going to sacrifice themselves to get the you blow go up? take care of my girl? Take care of my girl. you. Right. Yeah, well, they didn't do that part. I wish they had. I thought I thought the whole time going into I hadn't watched this episode and um, going into it, I was like, well, that that ensign's going to die when he finally goes with Kirk back to the planet, and then he doesn't, and I was like, oh, that's. I was but, sure well, he was going to die. Here. Yeah. The thing that bothered me about that whole little tussle that they had, because like the two of them like trade blows, right? Like, it, you know, the what's his name decides he wants to sacrifice himself, and Kirk's like, "I'm not going to let you do that," and he like punches him and shit, right? And then he's like, "Consider yourself written up." It's like, yeah, that's the biggest fucking problem he's got right now is being <laughs> written up. <laughs> it's like he, his captain just punched him in the ass. Like, it's like, come on. Also, with with um, Spock, he's half human. So you don't tell me he doesn't have half iron-based blood in his in his veins. I don't well, know how that works. Like, like I, it doesn't work like that with blood types. So maybe it doesn't work that like that with um, because you don't get like it can work that way with blood types. Like you can be an AB if you have a parent who's a B and a parent who's an A, but you can also not have that. Um, okay. So for whatever reason, I'm O negative. That's I, all I know. I'm not getting into the blood type. I'm just saying more. <laughs> he would have half human blood, so I don't think he would have been immune. There was no red though. No red. In his yeah, blood. his blood's not. Right. His, his blood's blood is Vulcan. Vulcan well, blood. he said something. He said something about iron and something else. So copper. 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 Yeah. So his his blood's copper based, so it's fine. That's why it's green when it's oxidized. Now, did that ever red. come up in any other episodes of Vulcans? That they have copper-based blood? Yeah. Not that I recall, yeah. but... 
Like, well, they come I'm out, sure yeah. it has. Green blood is a thing for a reason. Like the Statue of Liberty is green because it's made out of copper, it, and yeah, it's right. o- oxidized, right? So, um, so that was actually what, a pretty good, uh, pretty good to uh, to have Spock's blood copper based. That was a good idea. So that's why it's green. If you just took like you know blood out of a Vulcan with like a vial, would you just get like a copper color? I think you would. Well, when you take blood out of a human, is it is it blue? It's dark. It's dark it's, purple. It's, it's dark purple. Yeah. Yeah. So it would yeah, be it's like not, dark. It's not blue. It's red. Still. But so our red. our blood is blue Still when it's red. when it's deoxygenated in uh, the arteries. That's why you see blue veins. Uh, I don't know. I watched something on. Uh, I watched something on TV about that, and it's still red. My blood's still red. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's a, uh, that's that's a, a wise tale. That's uh, okay. Um, do you guys want to do some fun facts here, quick? Or? Yeah, I want to yeah. do a fun fact for sure. Okay. There fun we'll go facts with oh, Jeff. All right. The ship which Kirk served on for his first deep space deep space mission is disclosed to be the USS Farragut, which was named after David Glasgow Farragut, a flag officer of the United States Navy during the American Civil War. He was the first Rear Admiral, Vice Admiral, and Admiral in the United States Navy, and is credited for, for uttering the phrase "Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead." Disregarding all danger while entering enemy waters off the Alabama coast. Um, also, the Farragut is the ship that Uhura got assigned to in the in the reboot Star Trek movie, and she was very mad at Spock, and he, she got reassigned. She wouldn't be on the damn Farragut. That was a piece of crap. Okay. and it got blown up pretty quick too. I'm sure it did. Um, uh, sorry, fun fact number two: second episode in a row in which Captain Kirk's uh, capacity of command is questioned. What was the first? I don't, the, the episode right before this. I don't know what it was, but that, <laughs> you know, that's uh, it. That would have been the Gamesters of Triskelion. There you go. Yeah, I don't think we've covered that one yet. Only time in the series where phasers are said to have ha- have a disruptor setting. Oh, I never noticed. Oh that. yeah, oh, right. I, I heard that last night. I'm going. I thought those were illegal in the Federation. Later yeah. on. Later on, it um, doesn't matter. Kirk, Kirk's already taken over anyway. He, over yeah, he would break all the rules. Um, Obsessin is a Star Trekified version of Herman Melville's Moby Dick, a seminal American novel first published in 1851. Captain Kirk of the Enterprise is Captain Ahab of the Pequod, and the gaseous creature is the white whale. Yep, yep. So there you go. Um, filming took place during the Jewish holiday of Yom Kippur. Director Ralph Seneski was an observant Jew and left the set at sundown. Producer John Meredith Lucas took his place. Lucas went on to uh, officially direct three episodes of the series. So he just like he just pieced out. He was like, "There was for a religious reason." I'm just saying Uh, he pieced out halfway through through filming the episode. Are is um I thought I but Shatner and Nimoy must not be as religious they might not be like hasidic jews you might be i don't don't think they're very practicing yeah yeah okay um the unseen ship the uss yorktown recalls the name of the ship in gene roddenberry's original story concept he pitched to the networks in 1964 the ss yorktown commanded by robert april the concept evolved to the uss enterprise commanded by christopher pike in star trek the cage then finally the uss enterprise commanded by james d kirk there you go. The only episode to have a security guard as the central story. Surprise, surprise. And it's only a central story because it relates to Kirk. In an effect, uh, uh, in an effect unique to the series, the phaser beam that Garovic fires at the creature is outlined with a dark border. This takes place in 2268. Okay, is it dichironium, of which the cloud creature is made, is an element that with symbol DK, ha, um, has an atomic atomic number of 112 and atomic weight of 300. It was first discovered on the planet Vulcan. Okay, that's, I guess it wasn't really. Um, the writer <laughs> of this episode, Art Wallace. I'm not, I'm not having as much fun as I thought I would right now, Jeff. These, yeah, these plot facts aren't that great. Uh, okay, wait. <laughs> Okay, there's no Sulu in this episode. Woo! So, but yeah, <laughs> why are we wooing? He's probably making a movie. Um, 
Okay, although Lieutenant Very Leslie is, is killed by Cloud Creature, he is later seen in the episode walking in the background. According to Eddie P Paskey, a scene was written in which Leslie and the others killed by cr uh, the creature are revived by Dr. McCoy, but it was not filmed. Huh. So there That's you go. interesting. Uh, Obsession contains four crew deaths, placing it alongside the man trap, the changeling, and the apple. However, the record holder for the most deaths is where no man has gone before, in which, in addition to the on-screen deaths of Lee Kelso, Elizabeth Denner, and Gary Mitchell, nine crewmen are reported killed during the Enterprise's encounter with the galactic barrier. Interesting. Uh, there you go. Uh, this is Jared, one of the highest always a problem. This is what? One of the highest, like one of the highest uh, examples of. Um, sorry, what am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> We're seeing Adam now. <laughs> At least he waved. Uh, did we lose Jeff? No, I'm here. Um, okay, so Jerry Ayers, whose character Rizzo was killed by the cloud creature, also played Ensign O'Harely in Star Trek Arena. Which I think we already covered. Another doomed redshirt character. He had his hair dyed lighter in the disappearance to lessen the resemblance. So he got to die twice. He got to be. He died, he died he, in two. He, has a, he has a record. He died twice on two episodes. Eddie Paskey. Yeah. Jerry Ayers. But he's still alive. No, is that in real life? In real life, is he, is he still alive? Probably not. I mean, yeah, yeah. no, he died in 2013. Eddie Paskey. Uh, no, Jerry Ayers, the guy that. Oh, died Jerry twice. Ayers, yes, but not yes. Jerry Ayers. Uh, uh, the creature Beaver. of Kirk, Kirk's obsession is characterized by a sweet aroma, which turns out to be associated with the entity's reproductive cycle. Eighteen years later, Calvin Klein introduced a sweet-scented perfume for women called Obsession. 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 He stole wow. it from Star Trek. That is incredible. There you go. And I think I will leave it there. I'll go out on a high with fun facts. Can I, can I add one? Because you, mi yeah. you missed one that I didn't see. Yeah. Um, is the Yorktown, the actual ship that they're referring to, is actually the same Yorktown that's actually in the Voyage Home. Uh, it's one of the first ships that uh, gets attacked um, in the Sol system uh, as the whale probes nearing Earth. The it's the same one that, yeah, it's the same one that puts, uh, no, the Yorktown. Oh, the Yorktown. Yeah, it's the same one that puts a solar sail out. So it's the same ship. Oh, yeah, our host. chief engineer believes that this could keep us alive. Yes, yeah. exactly. All right, uh, let's do our ratings. All right, so just uh, let's talk about season two, episode thirteen, obsession. I'm going to start with Jody. <laughs> I don't know if you want to start with me. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to give it a. You know what? It's not terrible, but it's not great. Um, oh, I'm going to put it at around what? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to put it around a. Uh, let's do seven. It's not bad. Oh, but it's better than great. I thought you'd give it. Okay, Adam, you next. Six. Six. Okay. That was my first gut instinct, Adam. Right. It was a six. Uh, Dad. I went a little farther. I would say about seven point three. 7.3. Okay, if you if you're just ballparking it. All right. Uh Jeff. I'm gonna give it a nine. Wow. A nine. Whoa. Oh, I don't Jeff, give anything a nine? Probably the CD on the edge of the forever has made a nine for Jeff so far. So uh that's I liked I, the episode. Well, that's right. fine. Okay, and then I'm gonna give this um I'll go as high as an eight uh, for this. So, because I, I thought it was interesting. This has a 7.3 on IMDb, by the way, with uh, 2,194 votes. So, that between the five of us, that average is added a seven and a half, which is above our average at 7.2. So, this was. So, it wasn't that bad of an episode then, right? It wasn't that bad. But mixed mixed panel. I'd say this was a mixed bag. Some of us liked it more than others. So, just, uh, just taking that out. And, um, do we know what our next episode will be? Yes, we do. Okay. Well, and I think uh, you'll all be very happy with it. Let's hear it. Space Seed. Yes. That's what uh, I, I love Space Seed. Space yeah. Seed, you say. Okay. Yeah, good choice. That's episode 22. Of season two? Season one. Season one. 
Space Seed is season one. I'm almost positive. I can double check it. Yeah, you're right. Because Chekhov wasn't there yet. That's the only thing that we talk about Wrath yeah. of Khan. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. there yet. Well, maybe he was. We just didn't see him. So, but he didn't. There. He didn't know who Khan was. Doesn't know what he looks like. I he stand by that statement. I said that during the review. Yes. Uh, okay, so we're going to be covering Spacey next week. The first appearance of Ricardo Montalban, uh, uh, first of two, uh, as Khan. So let's, uh, Dad, you've seen The Wrath of Khan, right? Yeah. I would hope so. I have. Yeah. Okay, good. So we're going to be covering that. I watched most of all the movies. Yeah, you see most of the original movies, right? Or all of them? Yeah, yeah, I've seen them all, I think. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, Undiscovered right. Country is the best movie ever. Undiscovered Country is the best. Just going to say that. Um, of, of all of them. All right, so we're gonna be here uh, next Wednesday to cover Space Seed. On Tuesday nights, we do uh, D Space Nine rewatches. We're halfway through the second season. We just did an episode last night called Necessary Evil. Uh, as we're continuing our D Space Nine rewatch episode by episode, we we do Wednesdays here original series. Thursdays we're covering uh, Star Trek Discovery right now. Adam and I and Michael Chan and a few uh, and my wife Jane. Um, and eventually Jamil are going to be covering that. Uh, it, the premiere of season three was last week. It was pretty good, we thought. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to uh, episode two. Um, we already we did cover Star Trek Lower Decks uh, earlier this summer uh, with that, that whole first season as well. Uh, so as the new Star Trek content comes out, we'll be continuing to cover that. And as the old Star Trek content obviously is there, we will be talking about that too. Also, I just want to call out that we will be doing this Sunday Star Trek Radio Theater. Uh, we are doing an original series episode. This is our week to do original series. And we're going to be doing Plato's Stepchildren. Uh, <laughs> where Jeff's going to be playing the role of Captain Kirk. Uh, we got our friend Mott playing Spock. We did this episode here on the podcast uh, many weeks ago. Um, we're... Kevin Millard will be epic as Alexander. I'm calling it now. Oh, uh, come here! I want to smooch. <laughs> yes, and we got the you know I'll be playing one of the Plutonians. We got a, we got a great cast for this, so make sure to check that out Sunday night uh, as we'll be doing <laughs> our next episode of Star Trek Radio <laughs> Theater. Yeah. I, I I think I just sensed a little bit of disappointment in your father's uh, view there. <laughs> it's more of a I don't. He's like me, he's so. like I raised <laughs> these boys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I raised them to be men, and they turned into actors. I thought they were going to be professional Jeez. golfers, and what happened? <laughs> and they're, now they're actors and doing doing funny uh, voices. Like, uh, hey, you know what, Ted? Please. At least they're not doing porn. <laughs> That's true. They could be doing worse. <laughs> so check out all that. Uh, our other channel is Super Mario Brothers Podcasting, where Jeff and I and our friend Jamil, we talk about Big Brother three times a week. All, that's almost over as we've been covering season 22 of that show. So we'll, we'll be back tonight to cover the veto and Je Jeff and Jamil tomorrow as uh, they'll be doing that as I'm doing Discovery tomorrow. And uh, the finale is next week. Also, Trivial Debates is our monthly channel where we argue about movie, sports, TV, and more. So make sure to check that out. And that covers it for this episode of Star Trek, the original series. We'll be back again next week, as mentioned, for Space Seed. Thank you, Jody. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, uh, Adam. And thank you, Jeff, uh, for all the contributions. Um, Adam, I'll talk to you tomorrow night. And Jeff, I'll talk to you shortly for Big Brother. So, all right. Until then, live long and podcast, everybody. Uh, and <laughs> He's trying. And He's a, trying. And have a good night. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, thank you.